Hi, I'm Johnny Smith, host of the Inquisitive Minds podcast. Join me while we interview all manner of interesting people from all walks of life. Some conspiracy, some cryptozoology, and just some things that are that are just plain interesting. Every week I'll have someone with me who is an expert in their specific field. This is the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Inquisitive Minds uh, podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Smith. We have a very interesting episode for you today, but before we get into that, I'd like to give some updates uh, from last week with our guest, Brian Seach, about Beaver Valley Paracon. That's Saturday, October 5th. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know who the guest speakers were that day. We have uh, first at 1045, Brian and Terry Seach with Strange Tales of Beaver County. Excuse me. Uh, Then at 12, we have Dave and Carrie Rupert and Ryan Cavalline. Forgive me if I say that wrong. uh, Legend Hunters and Film Adventures. At 1.30, we have Patty Wilson, The Difference Between Ghosts and Demons. At 2.45, we have uh, hopefully future guest Fred Saluga uh, speaking about Paranormal Bigfoot. And then at 4 o'clock, we have Tony... Lavergany, I know I screwed that up and I'm sorry, Uh, and his topic is from the middle of nowhere, come the shadow people. Uh, Today with me, uh, we have a very fascinating guest that I tried as I might to wrap my head around everything he was hitting me with. He had so much information. Uh, There's voodoo involved, there's uh, occult magic involved, there's uh, potentially haunted house involved. Um, he's a black metal musician himself. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Dustin Joseph Komorski. Hello there. Thank you for having me today. Oh, thanks for coming, Justin. Uh, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Just staying out of the heat, but... <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's pretty warm out there today. Uh, so, we started talking initially when you said it was, uh, and I just said uh, grandfather because it was easier, but essentially your great uncle was a voodoo practitioner. It was my great uncle, yes. Um, It was in the 1960s. He uh, started learning tarot card reading in our local area. Now, when you say your local area, where is this? This is, uh, we're from New Bethlehem, which is near um, Punxsutawney. Is, is that like the middle of the state almost? I'm not. It's, a, it's an hour north of Pittsburgh. Okay, an hour north. So, um, yeah, in the 60s, he started learning these tarot card readings, but he was also a pianist, and he ended up going to New Orleans and picking up all this clairvoyant information from like infomags that went around during that time, which was basically your occult guide back okay. in the day. And uh, he picked up on that, and he started just routinely going to New Orleans and coming back. And he started playing gigs in New Orleans. Now, when you say playing gigs, this was as a pianist or reading tarot cards? As a pianist. Okay. But he would use the tarot reading money from around here to fund his trips back and forth. Okay. So he had a side gig going up there. Yeah. Here. And we figured he picked up the voodoo when he went down there and started meeting people and stuff after the gigs, all kinds of stuff. Now, like is that. he still around today? No, he passed away in the 1980s. In the 1980s. So... You just have like stories and secondhand accounts. I do, yes. Of, well, 
do you know if there was a type of voodoo that he practiced? Not specific. It was a very weird combo of the things he was learning at the time because he was going through all these magazines that would teach you, you know, wear this magic ring, do this weird thing. Some of it was, like, sketchy. The other stuff was weird. But he was messing around with stuff in an era that there was no guide. Yeah. And he'd come back to Pennsylvania where there was no teachings or anything. And I'm sure this was completely foreign to everybody up here. It was, yeah. It was all uh, shrouded in mysticism. It very was, much so then. Now, before we move on more of that, you had mentioned uh, something about a haunted house. The house I live in is, um, he lived there with my great-grandfather. When did this house first off come into your family? 1909. My family built it. They were in charge of the lumber industry in the area. Um, and then um, the, my great-great-uncle built it, and then he passed away before he could live in it. Oh, that's unfortunate. And then my great-grandfather bought it from the rest of the family for like 40 bucks back in the day. Oh, I'm sure that was... Uh, more now than what oh, it yeah, sounds like. Oh, yeah, a lot like. more, yeah. <laughs> significant amount. So they moved in. Um, how long as your family was living there before uh, things started getting noticed? Uh, it'd have to be after his passing more so. Your your great-great-uncle? Yeah. Okay. Because um, it's just a weird place because there's – not often do you have a house and a family for like 10 generations piling things in. Yeah. But we have things from Germany. We have our kitchen chairs are from it, Germany. Now, is that where, especially uh, your great uncle who uh, dabbled in the arts, is that his family lineage, Germany? Yes. Okay. He was a full-blooded German man? Yes. Okay. I'm just curious, just trying to get context yeah. in here. So your great-great-uncle who built it didn't get a chance to live in it. And then you got your your family only started noticing events after your great uncle passed. Yes. Now was that the same one who practiced the voodoo? Yes. Okay. So after he passed, which was in the eighties, you said. Yes. What started being noticed? Well, his grandfather also passed shortly after him. His grandfather. Or his father. Oh, okay, passed. his Sorry, father. Yeah. Okay. So then we had two, both people that lived there past. We got a lot of family energy in that house. Yeah. You know, it's been about 75, 80 years of, of, of generations of people living in that house. I'm sure there's going to be some acquired energy over time. And then two quick deaths. Yeah. And he vowed to um, haunt the place, too, before his death. Your great uncle vowed to do yes. this. Now, was there a story behind that? Was there a reason he vowed? It was more just around his obsession with this paranormal stuff. And he would just joke about it, but he was consistent. Allegedly, he predicted his death and died on his death day, which is a stretch. But so it was uh, not a haunting of uh, malicious intent. More so, oh, no, I'm going to yeah. prove the paranormal. Yeah, pretty much. You know, uh, many people know, and uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but my wife died almost three years ago. And uh, obviously, due to this show, we were involved in the paranormal and the occult and highly interested. And she told me she would always come back and, you know, make her presence known. And I just want to put it out there on the airwaves. Kate, what the fuck is taking so long? Because I have yet to see any type of spirits or signs or anything. <laughs> it was sort of in that similar vein, I believe. So when stuff started happening, um, 
First off, who started witnessing and, and what would you say was happening? Well, in the 90s, our family um, turned the home into like a bed and breakfast okay. and ran that throughout the 90s. And we'd get people coming from all over the world to visit Punxsutawney. To see is, it the still, is it still a bed and breakfast? Not really, but I, I do music there now, so there's lots of bands and people still okay. coming in. But um, yeah, we'd have guests and they would get spooked. Some people would start making, like our whole town started making rumors about it. It was becoming like notorious as the haunted house. Well, in a small town, and this is not attacking your story, but that's a good angle to have uh, to be the haunted bed and breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's an attraction people want to go to. So um, I know one of the earlier stories, people claimed that a table lifted off the ground oh. in a parlor room. You know, there's lots of accounts like that. Um, Has there been any uh, apparitions seen? Uh, people mention seeing like shadows and stuff. More commonly, we hear footsteps. You'll be in the basement. The doors are locked. There's nobody else. But it sounds like someone's walking above you. There's um, all kinds of weird things that occurred. Um, now, um, it's this is this is such a unique story that I have to jump around. Yeah, quite go a for bit, it. Quite yeah, a bit. There's a lot. Um, let's just start here. You're a black metal musician. Yes. Please go into that a little bit. Tell us about that. It all sort of connects to the story, too. Um, I grew up, and I found it when I was, like, 13. Um, Black metal? Yeah. Okay. And it all deals with the occult, you know. Um, I started playing throughout my teen years. Then I moved here to the house we're talking about. Okay, so you weren't living at the house Yeah, at I grew the time. up in Albany, New York, but I would visit for my family and stuff. Okay, like so once you were there semi-regularly. I grew up there, yeah. Okay. Uh Kept playing as a teenager, but I, I started playing in the Pittsburgh scene about 10 years ago. Um, I played in Veiled, uh, Autumn, several bands have toured. Okay. Stuff. Are know, you currently in a band now? I'm in several. Oh, okay. Do you want to you wanna plug some of those? <laughs> Aspirant. Aspirant? Yes. Okay. Veiled, as I mentioned. That's Veiled? Yes, Veiled. Okay. Uh, those are my two most active. The other projects are still formulating. So. And what what uh do you play an instrument or do you sing? I I do instruments. You do, what do you play? Bass and guitar mostly. Bass and guitar. Okay, guys, you get a chance. Check them out. I am completely unfamiliar with black metal music. I have no point of reference. Um, could you give me an example of of what black metal might be for someone who's unfamiliar with the genre? I mean, if you're familiar with death metal, it's similar, but it's not as well produced usually. But nowadays it is. It's very fast and aggressive, occult-themed, sometimes satanic-themed. The, um, the closest I've gotten uh, to listen to anything like that would be Welcome to the Jungle. And I imagine that's a very tame <laughs> song yes. in comparison to everything else. Uh, you do like onstage rituals, the theatrics are overblown. Okay, you so wear face paint. And so is it like uh, if Chris Angel picked up a guitar? Yeah, that'd be more goth rock. More goth rock. Okay, okay. Don't mind me. I'm just oh, working you're good, through, you're good. figuring things out. Um, a lot of screaming, throaty stuff. Yeah, some in screaming, there. throaty stuff. Um, I imagine it's a hell of a show to see. Oh yeah, it's very it's, theatrical. It's, and it's probably a hell of a performance. Now is that now is that uh, differ away from like the gothic stuff with like uh, goblets and what have uh, things of that imagery? Oh, uh, they use that imagery at okay. times. Okay, so crucifixes candles, and all that. Candles, yeah. And, uh, pentagrams. Oh yeah, yeah, pentagrams. All that. They'll take uh, decapitated pig heads and put them on the stage. All kinds of. 
Uh, how how old are you now? How long have you been doing I'm, this? I'm 27. I started playing when I was 16 and okay, trying so to be serious, some time, but it took it took some time to get where I was. Okay, the, now how does the how does the occult play into your music? Out outside of the influences and imagery in black metal, the lyrical content and the way the energy pulls and pushes when you're doing magic it's the same concept um it's spoken of like bardic the bards from old ancient times i now i'm unfamiliar with that can you and you know i don't always know what my listeners know mm. you know and if i don't know it i'm going to ask for some type of clarification maybe they don't know it either so when you say like the old bards i'm i don't know yeah. like what that a bard was simply a musician that would travel but they revered musicians as magical people okay. because they could change people's consciousness. Well, music, music. is kind of yeah. magical. So it's along those lines. But when you're just playing music, there's energy there, and you play with that energy. And when you're doing black metal, it's like a little extra because you add the legitimate magic okay. symbolism and rituals to it. So it's all connected in that regard. But going back to my great uncle, growing up listening to black metal – it already like taught me like what is voodoo, what is all this occult stuff. So you were somewhat familiar the with music, the terminology. Yeah, the music I listened to essentially geared me up to understand occult things more. Okay. Now, were you raised religious? Not so much, no. Um, my parents were sort of Christian, and then they kind of backed off into a. They kind of backed stand. off. That's that describes a lot of Christians. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty Christian, but under the right circumstances, they'll back yeah. off a bit. Um, <laughs> Here we go, jumping around again. Uh, you also mentioned that you are a pagan, a practicing pagan. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little about that? Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot to talk about, but I also do the tarot readings. I do... Um, oh, you read tarot cards as yeah. well. I wish you would have mentioned that because we had a tarot card reader on here before. Uh, I think it was episode two. And we did a live mini reading, and I would have loved another one. Yeah, I've done readings. Um, I've hosted a lot of rituals and. Now, how how old were you uh, when you started reading tarot cards, and how did you get into that? It was about when I was twenty one. I really kicked the switch. Going back to this whole story, mm -hmm. it kind of fueled the fire to get me into this. I'm a very skeptical person with it all, but I enjoy testing it time and time again. I find most people. Uh, with not just a broad fascination with mysterious things, but even most people that have a specific thing, whether it be tarot cards or aliens or even religious types, they're very skeptical. And and they try to look at it very thoroughly before they come to a conclusion. Now, whether we think it's wacky or not, they usually come from a place of skepticism and try and learn. And, and that's why it's so hard to, people knock, to knock people off um, their stances sometimes they feel they've done the research and and you know what if you feel like you've seen something or experienced something there's no way i'm going to convince you otherwise exactly yeah whenever it's real to you it's still real in some place reality know? is is just through perception exactly really. i agree you know the world is is a beehive that's constantly buzzing but we all live in our little bubbles um no matter how disconnected they be you know, just yeah. because it's a bubble doesn't mean it's disconnected completely, but we all have our cycles that we go through. Humans are creatures of habit. You know, we go through our patterns, we wake up, eat, go to sleep. 
I wish it were more complex than that, but those yeah. hours yeah. you yeah. wake up, you <laughs> exactly. know, you yeah. gotta you gotta squeeze in as much as you can. But tell tell us about uh, paganism. I'm sorry to be on my soapbox oh, there yeah, for a bit. <laughs> well, paganism can very like it could be a many plethora of various religions and belief systems, but for some reason they all come together in modern times as a neo-pagan movement. And there's a huge scene in Pittsburgh in the area here. Um, I've come across quite a few people that have identified themselves as pagan or even, and no disrespect if this is completely separate, but Wiccan. Yeah, um, they're, they're included. And it almost feels like the natural, like a more natural uh, spiritualness, you know, with, mm. the, with the earth. Um, and I've come across a lot of people. I just, in casual conversation, I don't have time to to start hammering questions. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's very, um, there's many religions in the local new community. You have Asatru, which is like Viking religion. Okay. You have Wiccan, which is a combination of Germanic and Celtic religions. And I hate to say the word witchcraft because that's thought upon, you know, the black hat, the green face. But yeah. the, a, a, a lot of the people I've spoke to have described it as like a modern, more natural witchcraft. And honestly... Witchcraft seems to get a negative connotation all the time. I want to come here on uh, on this podcast and make it be known. Not all witches are bad. No, Just saying, folks. The vast majority of them are very relaxed, peaceful people. Um, let me see here. So the paganism that you practice, what is it that guides you, or is there a text you refer to, or... I usually go with like it's, I'm all about the traditions carrying over past traditions that exist in our culture today. I like to look for those. Okay. Like the days of our week are named after old gods. Okay. You have Moon Day, uh, Tears Day, Woden's Day. They all Thor's feel day. better descriptions than the days we are living because I know on Tears Day I'm usually crying. What'd you <laughs> oh, say? Woe's Day? Woden's Day. Woden's Day. It's fucking woe is me all yeah. goddamn day. <laughs> you know, so that's probably a more apt description. Um, can you give us examples of, uh, is there traditions you carry out personally that aren't just like involved in things that are a, a main existence already? Like something you do? We celebrate Yule, which is like jumping the fire log it's an old a lot of the traditions are carried on into mm -hmm. modern traditions so it's kind of the same but it's different i mean i do a lot of work in nature i deal with horses i work oh, okay. in the mental health field see there's, so there's just lots of i'm trying to get this this interview straightened out yeah and then every time i ask a question you open up an eggshell that leads <laughs> to more questions like and it's so casual it's like ah you know there's so much shit i deal with horses work with a uh, mentally handicapped a uh, bunch of all right, pause there. Boom. What do you do with horses? Uh, my teacher in the occult that I've learned, she's taught me energy work with horses. So, and forgive me again if I'm being ignorant. Uh, my intentions are never to insult. Is that like uh, concerning horse whispering type thing, like breaking a Sim horse? Similar, but with less modern yeah, things. Yeah. But it's very simple stuff to understand, and anybody could do it. I feel like uh, the episode of Rick and Morty, and I think it was with the dragon where they had the spirit meld. <laughs> that's just all I picture right now with the horse. Just, ah, uh, ah. Uh, um, 
Okay, so you're able to bond with some horses. It kind, kind of reminds me of, nerd alert, Radagast the Brown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and no disrespect again, but you kind of looked the part oh, yeah. as well. Um, oh, my girlfriend says I'm a crazy wizard all the time. So your uh, belief in paganism and your music career have become intertwined. Yes. Can you elaborate on that, please? Uh, I started picking on bands. I, there's like some bigger bands out there that express like we're big black magic dudes fear us so you said you I, started picking on them in a way i was okay testing their chops with the occult and magic and just seeing how they thought and reacted and that led to me going backstage doing tarot readings with a band called rotting christ who's rotting christ yes they're very occult and deep but um you know what that's a hell of a name yeah <laughs> uh never heard their music just off their name they sound wicked Rotting Christ. That's But I met Saucus. I talked to him about like magic and music. Who is uh, this? Saucus Tolis is the front man of the band. Oh, okay. But I just had spent months talking to him over just how he does magic with his music and how just pulling that crowd energy is like a real thing. Even though all musicians do it. So what can one do as a as a more of an occultist musician because as a performer we all know how to feed the energy off the crowd. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> I'll be honest, all my best performances have come when the crowd has given me energy to eat from. You know, so how does one uh do that with an occult influence? And is it uh stronger in the effect? Oh, uh, they bring more I spiritual ideology, I would say, into the mix, but it's not like religious okay. as much because everybody can feel that. Mm-hmm. The lyrical content and like the backing themes and the on stage antics just creates a whole different environment that puts everybody in that headspace more okay. or less. So once you get the crowd as like uh, almost like herd thinking, yeah, that's what you're going with. And um, I'm assuming you're using symbolism and uh, almost decor yeah. to, like, meld of what you want them to be feeling. And it creates, like, a movement in a way that's not targeted at anything other than these spiritual ideas. Right on. It goes over some people's heads, but some people follow along and agree or disagree, but... Now, your your tarot card reading, do you find it to be accurate? Or have, I guess a better question to ask is the people you have read for, do they find it to be accurate? Yes, it's one of those things where it's better for everybody to own their own. Okay. And to continuously read for like weeks at a time. And you start to see patterns unfold with the cards. There's 78 cards in a deck. Okay. Each card represents a human nuance like a human experience that would happen in your real life now what type of deck do you use because i know there's different types of decks i use the thoth deck which is a lester crawley's deck okay the uh the most famous and most powerful uh occult power bottom i've heard of yeah and um I also talked to the Thelemites in town, and they're pretty interesting as well. I've never joined, but... All right, all right. This is uh, this is Inquisitive Minds podcast. <laughs> Just putting on the brakes for a second. Who is that you were speaking to now? The Thelema. Thelema. The, the Thelemites. Th- the Thelemites? The Thelemites, no, or wh- OTO. Or OTO. Okay, can you uh, explain that a little more? That is a Lester Crowley's cult that he started... Um, 
during his prime time. Do they have a local branch? They do here in Pittsburgh. It's, that is fascinating. It's not a lodge. It's a camp. Okay. Which is like a before lodge type deal. It's not funded fully by the organization. But they are a group of like-minded individuals yes. that practice under Alistair Crowley's yes. teachings. Um you know, before we leave today, I'd like to get some more information from you for that because I'd like to reach out oh, yeah, they, uh, to a member of the bunch. group. Um, they sound like they're along the same vein uh, as like the people I would like to have on here. Oh, yeah. They, they can go really hard probably on some subjects that I can't. But I mean, fair enough. You know, each of us have our own specialty. Oh, yeah. I'm just a mixed bag of a lot you, of things. You, you <laughs> are quite the mixed bag. Um, okay. Again... A lot of structure issues with this one, just with so much information here. So now we got a little bit about everything. Uh, we're going to go, we're going to try and start from the beginning. What does um, your mother, or I guess your aunt, what would they describe your great uncle as? How would they describe him? Because I'm sure you don't do those things without developing some interesting twerks. Yeah. My mother had a, has a negative experience with him, more or less. He was relatively perverse and rude. Do tell. Uh, he would just say terrible things when she was a teenage girl and, you know, inappropriate behavior for an adult man to do. We're going to we're going to chalk that up to guys being pieces of shit. Yeah. Um, we're not going to blame the occult for that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but he was doing some sketchy magic too so okay. you're not always going to be the best person yeah yeah definitely he was a great pianist though i found one of his old recordings on a reel to reel tape and i remixed it into my program so to maybe send that to you I, I love yeah i would i would love to get a clip of that i'd share it on the page um i always find it fascinating when people tell me about their family members that have done great things or were good at something because as far as i know i went through my line of family and nobody stands out as being anything fascinating yeah <laughs> like i love my mother you know what i mean but that's as far as we got like i'm like oh is anybody interesting is this nah, they're all laborers all pieces of shit I'm like hey all right it's time to break the cycle let's start a show so yeah. your mother had a bad experience he was a bit of a creepy dude yeah um Obviously, it's not proven because I don't like to say things that are unwarranted. Yeah. But it sounds like maybe a little bit of the uh, the negative factors might have creeped in his head as well. Yeah. Um, sure. Again, not giving up, not giving him a pass. And he that. was um he's relatively a hermit. He lived with my great grandfather. He like tended to the gardens, relatively kept to himself for the most kept to part. Himself, other than going to play a gig here and there on piano. And piano was what he did for work mainly. It was piano, tarot, and tarot cards, cards, and on then the side. just kind of chill in the middle of nowhere. You know? Yeah, I mean that honestly sounds like a decent existence. Yeah, I mean if that's what you're looking for, if I could uh, till a garden and go perform, pay the bills, that'd be great. I guess I got to learn to play the piano first. And um, he had a Bible, and I read through a lot of it, but he had a lot of manic writings through it. Oh, he put notes in his Bible. Yes, tons. Okay. And, oh, um, anything fascinating? You said you read through it. It was just a lot, but um, he left an Easter egg that he cut out, and he said, like, I'm sorry for something. I am moving on to my transcendental something. It was, like, really hard cursive to translate. So he had a... He had a whole afterlife plan. Yeah, well, yeah, it seemed to be that he was like he was just crossing the T's and dotting the I's, saying, "Look here, guys, I'm moving on. Don't worry about me. We got some shit flowing." 
And it was just, it just it blew my mind to find that because it was almost a confirmation going back to the other experiences, what he used to say to my mother. It's love about dying and haunting the house. We had a lot. We had TAPS visit, actually. Now, TAPS, TAPS yeah. For those of you unfamiliar, TAPS stands for? I can't even. <laughs> okay, TAPS is a paranormal research yes. team, though? Yes, yes, Okay. It was their sub-team. Like, they have a team that goes out. And then if it's, like, really good, they send the They send TV out the show. big boys. But it was just a smaller team. But they got two EVPs. One was on the attic, said I'm on top of the mattress where my bed was, which is weird. And they had a scream in the basement. EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon? And in the basement, they had a scream, which was very interesting and terrifying. But <laughs> Now, did, did he do any work in the basement? Yes, he would can things he would can things okay allegedly well no not allegedly he took a chicken that was dying and stitched it back together oh so he saved a chicken's life yes but he probably was doing other things with chickens okay if we do he would do um do we know who stabbed the chicken (laughs) no idea there was a weasel with a knife (laughs) all right so he so so far he's a creepy old man but he's saving chickens yes it sounds like he's weighing out a little bit um, and he died in the 80s, convinced he was coming back. Uh, death is but a doorway. So he comes, or something comes back, uh, brings about chaos to this bed and breakfast. Your family is running there. What stops that bed and breakfast? Is it unrelated to uh, the paranormal activity? It was unrelated. It was a, Since it was a shared family house, there was disputes between everyone, and they're just... The upkeep and people coming there wasn't that much, so. Okay. Low business, family troubles. Um, and then after that, though, I moved in with my mother when I was 13. Okay. And that's when stuff really kicked off. And that was the bed and breakfast house, the haunted Yes. House. Okay, and you moved there full time when you were yes. 13. Okay. And um, when we were moving in, the activity was probably at its most which is what caused us to contact TAPS. But we were moving in, putting back boxes in, and around all the windows we had giant wooden shutters that covered the, from the inside the, the window. Okay. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's dark in here. We need to open this up. And we go upstairs and come down. All of those shutters are wide open. Oh. <laughs> and one of them was, like, over the stairs, so it blocked the staircase okay. from being open. I was just... <laughs> well, that, like, that's got to be startling. Yeah, it was very interesting. Now, you're 13 when you move there. Uh, you start uh, practicing music at 16. Um, when is it apparent to you, though, that not just things are happening, that there is um, some type of presence or force here, or there is some type of presence or force I can use to help me with what I'm pursuing. Probably when I was 16, I was I would take his piano and I'd make a song by just like messing with the piano, putting okay. it in reverse, and doing stuff like that. But since I was a kid, I would do weird things. I would be like, "Why isn't there a railing here, Mom?" And I was like three or four or five, whatever. And there used to be a railing on the stair set. But there wasn't one there then. Okay. <laughs> so I was like a small child. Children that end up there are like tripping out, grabbing things that weren't there before and putting them back to where they used to be. Okay. Some okay. like re- 
So even like shit. old memories. Yeah, like stuff like that. Like repressed yeah. memories or memories from a different time. You know, they, they say reincarnation is real and that uh, oftentimes children will have memories of their past life, but it is either forgotten as they get older. Um, it is forgotten as they get older, not either, because a lot of times it is looked down upon from a parent's standpoint. Like they'll tell them, stop it. Don't talk about that. They'll stifle um what they're having as memories. And there's been many accounts, um, famous accounts of children describing things that they have no possible way of knowing from people that have already died. Have you ever thought about that uh, possibly uh, being Potentially, something? yes, as well as me being a musician, him being a musician. It's, it's weird because it's like I ended up doing magic in the house after he did magic Now, in the house. he died before you were yes. born? Okay. Yes. How long before you were born? About ten years or so. Okay, so there was a there was enough time for uh I don't know how it works. Yeah. Get, you know, him to get all the paperwork and, <laughs> and uh red tape cut through to to come back. I understand uh from the movie Beetlejuice if we're to believe that the waiting line is uh terribly long. But okay, so you started magic at sixteen. Um when you say you go on the road and tour do you have any uh, situations where something may follow you or you've experienced something paranormal on the road? Um, not my music experience, though. It's happened before when things seem to be more heightened or maybe I was just more sensitive to things then. It's definitely weaned off in the last like five years or so, but you just feel like that heavy air. Okay. Like you can cut it with a butter knife. And it's not humidity, you know? Now, have you uh, gone or spoken to any people that are psychics or mediums or clairvoyants? Yes, or? I have a teacher named Sharon, and I reached out for somebody to get advice for all When of you say problems. teacher, that's in reference to? She just showed me a lot. Like, okay, she's she just like She a... gave me Crowley books. Okay. She, she's the one with the horses. She's guided me into finding sanity over Just a this. general mentor type. Yeah. Okay. And she was just like a witch out in the woods in an awesome little cabin. And it was oh. quite an extension of the experience. It was a very weird time. It was This was like 2014. Okay. Which may have also been when my frontal lobes were developing. Okay. And that's really weird to say, but like that's the part of the brain that connects all these things. And I yeah. was going like connecting all these weird occult things. They say our third eye is uh, closed off by... Uh, oh. Don't quote me on this. The fluoride in the water hardens our pineal gland and closes off our third eye. Uh, just a conspiracy. I've also uh, heard the conspiracy that we actually came here from Mars. And when we initially came here, we were uh, telepathic or psychic. Our third eye was kicking strong. But over time and over uh, poor decisions, we lost that ability. And now we're just going in a cycle of relearning it. I mean, yeah, the Mars thing's weird because you could... You can see it was like a planet, and now it's Well, the, the thing about me is I, a lot of my friends um, have conspiracy theories. You know, I involve myself with a lot of people who think outside of the box. So even though I might not necessarily believe all these things, I hear these crazy conspiracies. You know, and just to be uh, current, you know, the Wayfair one recently, you know, I've seen it myself, too. I can't say that it's real or fake. But I will say, it's fucking entertaining. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, that type of shit is entertaining. And, and uh, you know, there's so much going on in this fucked up world. 
that let's be entertained. I know, yeah. You know, there's so much going on. Why not? Why does everything have to be so fucking serious? I know, people get so mad. It is what it is. So, you've been doing this for about 11 years. What age did you start uh, practicing paganism? I've always been interested in it, probably. In high school, I would be asked the truth. I'd have a Mjolnir, and I'd defend it. But I didn't get too serious. Until when you say when you say Milner, do you, are you referring to Thor's hammer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, much respect to that. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. Shout out to the comic book fans out there. And then, like, you know, I'd follow the traditions, and I'd listen to Viking metal and, and black metal, which all talked about it, and okay, I was all yeah. about it. And then... You know, the death of a warrior and all that. Mm. And Valhalla bound and whatnot. But then I shied away from that. I got into magic more in 2014 when I met Sharon, and she taught me a lot of things. I started reading books more. and So that's when you really say you would start. You and started I, your spiritual journey. And I yeah, and I had friends over, and I started pretty much. It was pretty psychosis level stuff, but my friends would agree with me. I have a question for you. Um, did you use any type of psychedelics to uh, explore this, like mushrooms or, or acid? Or I did like experiment with psychedelics like years before, but the year I really went manic and stuff, it was I was sober. It was straight sober. Okay, that's fascinating. It was weird, but um, people were not arguing with me though. It got concerning, but not. I was just connecting things that were legitimate at a fast rate. I wish I could explain that further, but no, it's it. When things make sense to us, we we all know that feeling of the puzzle pieces fitting together, but not being able to verbalize what we just understood. Yeah, I was really good at doing that at that time. And as that kept going, I must I was talking in online chat rooms, doing tons of tarot readings, okay. and just figuring out this mystery going on. Between my great uncle, just life and everything. And it just started getting weird because people were starting to listen more. And I was like borderline to start a cult, but I didn't want to start a cult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I started doing the Pittsburgh stuff. I worked with the Pittsburgh Black Hat Society, which is a great group of Now, what pagan. is the Pittsburgh Black Hat, Black Hat Society? It's a group for all the neo-pagans. Okay. For them to get together. Where are they events. located? Or or based out of, I guess um, I'll say. They go to the Universalist Church in the Penn Hills, I think. Okay. I, I would have had no idea. Um, that sounds so unassuming. But there really is no area or location. Oh, that's just they where they're working out of. They okay. meet up and have events, which is usually just, they have like little classrooms where writers will speak and... Black Hat Society... Um, yeah, my friend Jamora runs that. She's pretty cool. Now, uh, what do they mean? Monthly, weekly? It'd be like an event monthly, and a, a and small a, one or a big one. Every year they do Pagan Pride Day in Pittsburgh. Okay, I didn't know that was a thing. Where yeah. uh, that's a little uh, parade going on there? Or? Uh, not really a parade, just an event. Just an, just an event to be aware. Yeah, I mean, true freedom means uh, letting other people be free, minding your own goddamn business. So. Welcome to the Pagans, you know? Yeah. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy your day. Now, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a couple questions you might not have the answers to. A um, couple people reached out to me as far as the voodoo effect. Uh, wanted to know, first and foremost, the most popular thing, did your grandfather or great uncle, excuse me, work with any type of voodoo dolls? He would make stuff. <laughs> okay. Out of um, 
frog corpses. <laughs> out of frog corpses? He'd sew the skin. Huh. But that's an alleged story, as I said, because I was not there, but... um. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, also, and the um, guy that mentioned this wanted to know if there was any stories of the effectiveness of these. And I was going to say voodoo dolls, but now I'm going to say sewed up frogs. <laughs> going back to that EVP of the scream in the basement, I had a Reiki master come and try to cleanse the house. But a oh. lot of people felt that vibe of some spirit being trapped in the house. Now, your, grand, your great uncle... If he was there, do you think he would be trapped? Would he be there maliciously, or is he just there as, it like, an a, echo? It was something I thought of a lot. Like, is he trapped here? It felt like he was. Have you tried any type of, maybe spell isn't the right word, maybe ritual or ceremony to try to release him? Yeah, we've, um, well, we did, like, lots of sage smudging, which is the, the go-to, mm -hmm. more or less. But that, that didn't seem to do it. But, but with, like time the reiki master i feel like he was passing the torch maybe and okay. i took the torch in some weird way now you sound like um your and and i don't know you that well you yeah know, I, know. I don't really know you at all just meeting you today for the first time mm -hmm. but from your voice it sounds like you accept that passing of the torch but you don't know if you're ready yet in a way yeah or what to do with it. Rather. What to do with it. Um, I can understand something like that would be scary. But also, uh, devil's advocate, the possibilities could be endless. Yeah. You know, if you're successful. Like, I did dump it into music. But it's like, I also worked hard to get the music. Yeah. It's a lot of... I had spiritual reward from the experiences I did have. I tell you what, as long as it's working for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as it works for you, man. Um I know this is a rough time with uh, coronavirus right now, but do you have any potential gigs lined up at all? No, they all got canceled. They're all canceled. Anything online or anything like that? Where where can the people find you, I guess, is what I should ask. Um, I will try to do some live streams here in the future. I talked to Veiled about getting together to do one. Um, my one band aspirant. We'll probably do one in the next month or two. Now, do you have uh, business pages for these uh, yeah. for these bands? You want to you promo those a little bit? Yeah, uh, Veiled is V-E-I-L-E-D, <laughs> and then just like a Veiled, like a Veiled Mask. Okay. And then you have um, Aspirant, A-S-I-P-I-R-A-N-T. Now, are they uh, Facebook business pages? Yeah, they Facebook. can find you on Facebook. Yep. Okay. Um, before we sign out here, anything else you'd like to tell the people? I, I'd like to thank you for bringing what I, I, I thought is a very fascinating story. Is It had... Elements of everything, you know, it's quite the oh, yeah. uh, grab bag full of paranormal. I wish I could get in more detail, but it's hard. No, that. no, it's understandable, and that's what we're going through. Um, you know, we're, we're talking to people at your level of comfort. Yeah. You know, any guest that potentially wants to come on in the future, I want you to know we're going to ask questions, but we're not here to look down upon you, and we will only ask what you feel comfortable answering. You know, from your perspective, like I said earlier in the show, if you've experienced it, I can't tell you that you didn't. You know, that's, that's the fascinating <laughs> thing. A lot of people are looked upon as coots and, and, and crazy and what have you. But if you saw something, you saw something and that's your cross to bear for life now. You know, so I don't know. Just think about that. All those people that are out there either looking down on people that uh, are into something different or have experienced something different. 
be careful that you don't see or experience the same thing. Um, I don't know. You guys can find me at uh, Facebook.com slash TunaCanJohn or uh, and Instagram at Pandasmith827. I am also on Facebook.com slash Minds, and you can send us an email with any questions, guest info, anything you'd like to discuss, comment, always looking for criticisms, trying to improve the show here at inquisitivemindspodcast at gmail.com. Um, that's all the time we have today. Thank you again, Dustin, Thank for coming for in. Me. Um, guys, check him out if you're into black metal. Um, check him out if you're into some interesting people. You know, he's a cool dude. Um, shout out to Idiot Radio, and uh, God bless. I love you all. See you next week. <laughs>